United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explorers podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good day. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers. My name is Nelson Strobert, and today my guest is Dr. Richard Perry, who is Professor Emeritus of Church and Society and Urban Ministry Program at the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago. Welcome to the Seminary Explorers, Richard. Oh, welcome. Uh, th- thank you, and and I appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Well, we're, we're, I'm gl- I'm glad to have this conversation as well. Um, to begin with, um, uh, what is s- the Conference of International Black Lutherans, or uh, should I say, Sybil? Well, you, you can say both. Uh, in in um the formal organization uh, papers, and when we organized, it was Conference of International Black Lutherans, which incorporated both um, uh, theologians and bishops and educators, theological educators on the continent of Africa, and uh, theologians, African American theologians, uh, and theological educators in the United States. So. The Conference of International Black Lutherans, or Sybil, um, includes uh, African and African Americans on uh, from from Africa and the United States, and I also should say the Caribbean. Although um, we've yet, at the time we organized, did not have any uh, Caribbean Lutherans who were. Um, part of it, although one of our members uh, is from the Caribbean, um, but that's how we organized. Right, right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah. we organized, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how and why did it begin, or how did it get organized? Well, that that's a good question. Um, uh, Sybil formally organized in September of 1986 in Harare, uh, Zimbabwe. Um, people may remember that um, it was formerly known as Rhodesia, and and um, our conference was held um, uh, shortly after um, uh, Robert Mugabe became, um, uh, I guess, it's the president of Zimbabwe. So it organized it organized on the campus of uh, University of Zimbabwe. Yeah, um, and it and it actually the organization of it goes back before September. Um, Doctor Ambrose Moyo, who then became bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Zimbabwe. Oh yes, I remember him. Um, yeah, he he and uh, Doctor Albert P. Perro, who was the first African American Lutheran uh, teaching theologian in the United States and of the now ELCA, uh, met here in Chicago at LSTC, where Pete was teaching. Okay. And in the conversation, it came up about what could be done to bring African and African-American Lutheran theologians together. Uh, And um, apparently, um, the conversation continued, and... um, uh, Pete 
spent a sabbatical at the University of Zimbabwe with uh, Dr. Moyo uh, and came back and and we had our venue uh, where we were going to have the first conference. Pete had made um, good contacts there and um, University of Zimbabwe was open to our being there and and so that's where we um, ended up uh, going and as they say the rest is history okay I didn't I, I, I didn't realize or I couldn't re- didn't remember that Zimbabwe is so connected to Sybil oh yes oh yes there there um, and there are deep connections and and um, um, we can thank um, um, dr. Moyo and dr. Perrell for for the work that they did to make the connections Oh, indeed, indeed. Uh-huh. Um, and you mentioned uh, 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 several people um, in terms of the initial leaders, and that would uh, and that included um, uh, Bishop uh, Bishop Moyo and uh, and uh, P. P. Perro, uh, and uh, I forget the other person. Ah. Uh, but oh, there, there were there were many more. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 there, some of this goes back to um, uh, the initial leaders. goes goes back to, and I'll I'll mention those individuals. goes back to some of the activity that was going on uh, in the late '60s and into the '70s. Um, for oh. example, the Reverend Dr. Albert P. Perrow and the Reverend Dr. Will Hertzfeld and the Reverend Dr. Rudolph Featherstone. Um, were all involved in the African American ecumenical movement. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, Will Hertzfeld uh, served on the board, as did Pete, on the board of the National Conference of um, Black Churchmen (NCBC). Oh, yes. And and they were both active, uh, along with uh, Rudy Featherstone, uh, Jim Gunther. Dr. Jim Gunther, who was a pastor in New York, uh, they were all part of the Black Theology Project. And I got introduced to the Black Theology Project through uh, Pete. Okay. Uh, at, at the 1977 consultation on the Black Church in Atlanta. And so um, uh, some of the activity of NCBC and the Black Theology Project was ecumenical. Uh, oh, okay. bringing, bringing theologians and activists, black power activists, and black nationalists together um, uh, to deal with um, the burning issue of the day was the liberation of black people and what needed to be done. And of course, Dr. James Cone was the uh, premier theologian at the time who wrote you know, wrote on black liberation theology and right. and was challenging everybody about what we were doing. So, uh, those those were key people. Um, yeah, you mentioned those names, and it just uh, it says it says a, tells a story about black theological uh, education and and black theologians in the last several decades. Yes, and and one of the commissions of the. Um, uh, NCBC um, was the Theological Commission, and um, after a few years, they began to focus on theological education, black theological education, 
and and I think um, uh, Pete, Will, and 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 uh, Rudolph Featherstone picked that up and and participated in some of those discussions and and brought that to uh, you know the church that they were involved in, namely the Lutheran Church uh, in America and and the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate, which later became um, the Association of Evangelical Lutherans, AELC. Right, and, right. And so black theological thought, uh, that thread uh, was connected within Lutheranism. And, and, you know, the question was all would always be, what do African-American Lutherans think? Ah, okay. And so Sybil, that was the reason why Sybil formed was to be able to develop uh, African and African-American Lutheran theological thought. Uh, you know, what do we think what do we think about the doctrine of justification? What do we think about two kingdoms? Right. Uh, and so that was the focus of the first conference in in uh, in Harare. Okay. Um, and uh, out of that, if I recall, um, the, uh, a book was produced. Correct. Yes, that's right. Um, it was the first time that um, that I know of, and I think Pete could te- would have testified to this that the publishing house of um, the LCA published a work by uh, African Americans and Africans, and theology is titled "Theology and the Black Experience: The Lutheran Heritage Interpreted by African and African American." Theologians published in 19, I believe it was 1988, and that was the first time I think that they had published a piece by us. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so that that so Harari became a really significant event, as well as uh, a contribution to uh, African and African American theological thought. Yes, and 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 I think if we um, see, Sybil was an opportunity for for African and African American Lutheran theologians to dialogue about theological education and the development of leaders for our respective communities. Right, and and so the conversation and the dialogue and the activity that that went on and subsequent conferences. Um, contributed to that. Uh, and so um, the publishing of the papers uh, from the first Harari conference uh, proved the point. What was the point? Well, the point was is that there are diverse ways by which to express Lutheranism okay. and, and and that it's not all just Germany, Germany. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. I think very often when people hear uh, the word Lutheran, immediately they go um, to Germany, you know, and uh, with roots with Martin Luther, but Lutheranism has spread throughout the world. That's and, right. Uh, that, which is which is interesting. Yeah, I, I find that I- interesting uh, 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 to uh, think about. Um, uh, what has been your involvement? I, I you mentioned that uh, Pete Perro had invited you to a meeting, but what has been your involvement over the years? 
Well, I, I would say, um, well, when Pete first came to, to LSTC, I was an MDiv student, and and so I I knew him before I came to Chicago. I knew him from Detroit, where he served as a pastor of a Lutheran, a Missouri Synod Church. But I knew him in Detroit, um, and so I just I just followed along and 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 tried to learn as much from him about what it meant to be black and Lutheran and how do, how do I express that? And so go, going to Atlanta was an opportunity for me to have to wrestle with, uh, uh, in 1977, to wrestle with black liberation thought and, and its impact on Lutheranism, uh, and then more specifically um, with African-American Lutherans. So from the beginning, um, I, I have been I have walked with Pete, um, and then I've I've served in some functions of secretary of Sybil, oh, okay. uh, treasurer of Sybil, <laughs> the, administra um, the administrative parts, done, done the administrative <laughs> part. Yeah, convened several of the conferences and convened the the steering committee, the U.S. portion of the steering committee. So. I've been involved uh, uh, in delivering papers at our conferences um, and in the administration uh, of Sybil over the years. Oh, okay, and and that will continue, I guess. I'll do it as long as, <laughs> as they say, the creek don't rise. Right. I, I'll continue to serve as as uh, people want me to serve, and and you know there'll come a time when the torch will have to be passed but um, right yeah we hear you um, mm -hmm. what do you think uh, is the contribution of Sybil to Lutheranism in the United States well I think that there are uh, many contributions and and the first one I think is the is to recognize, you know, there's that question, can anything good come out of Jerusalem, I believe? <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> well, we, we've answered that question. We rephrased the question, and the question would be, can anything good come out of African-American Lutheranism? And we, we say yes, that there is something good, that there is theological thought that is uh, germinating within our community and and. and the teaching theologians are give we're giving thought to that, giving voice to that, and so I think that the major contribution is it would be um, that there are diverse ways for us to express Lutheranism. It's not all uh, 16th century, uh, right. but that it 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 reflects the context in which we are in, and that shapes uh, what we think. Oh, and how we think, yeah. Um, I think we've done some other things uh, too. Um, we've made a study guide on the um, one of our conferences, which was titled "Confession for a Third Millennium: Black Lutheran Experiences," and out of that conference came thirty-eight theses. Oh, and we right. made a, we uh, published, which you which you helped uh, to to put together uh, for Sybil. Um, and that study guide and the 38 theses are targeted, I would say, to congregations. Right. 
which which was another focus of of Sybil USA. That is, not only were we uh, directed towards the academy and seminaries, but we were also had a focus on congregations, reaching pastors and lay people, and and bringing them along in terms of. Uh, um, what they thought and how to give voice to what they thought, and and then sharing that uh, between the theologians uh, and the congregation. So I would say that's a major contribution. Okay, good. I think I think a third contribution would be, and a lot of people don't think about this, would be um, Sybil created space and empowered other ethnic communities to um, organize themselves and to engage in theological conversation. Now, that's a, that's a lot to say. Yes. Could you, what, what uh, we did. <laughs> I think, please, please expand on that. Well, um, before Sybil, and and uh, existed. It was difficult to find um, the voices of people of color and those theologians within Lutheranism. Ah, okay. They, they, it, it, and and what did what did people from the various communities thought theologically? We you know we we weren't always included in conferences and 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 making major presentations. But Sybil, Sybil created the possibility for more people of color who were theologians to be involved in conferences and bringing their communities thought to the forefront. And uh, so, so um, you know, the big example I can think of with not only the American Indian uh, community, Native peoples community, which one of their theologians is Dr. George Tink Tinker, but but it also uh, stimulated the Asian community in the United States. And Dr. Edmund Yee uh, was one of is one of the premier uh, theologians within the Asian community. But it 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 created space. Sybil created space for these people. Uh, uh, of diverse backgrounds to get together, and and to say this is what we think, right? Just like Sybil said, this is what we think, right? Uh, and and that's critical for the church, right? Um, and critical for the church, and uh, and very critical for uh, congregational members because very often they're at, you know they're they're, uh, they're asked the question why lutheran or why are you lutheran and what does that mean so i think that really is a a, a healthy contribution yes and and um um it there there's something about being able to say if i'm asked the question what does it mean to be black and lutheran and i've read for example um, uh, uh, theology and the black experience. I can say some things that I, if I, since I read that, right now, if I hadn't read it, I wouldn't be able to to give a very convincing argument, right? Theological argument 
for for why I'm in the church, which is something I had to face when I graduated because I was going to an African American Lutheran congregation, mm-hmm. and and people in the community when I started doing my community activity, people would ask the question, "What is a black Lutheran?" <laughs> and and I could answer it. That's right. That's right. You know. So so so. Um, I, I think that's one of the contributions that that Sybil has been able um, uh, be able be able to make. Um, uh, I think another contribution is internal to the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, our church, and that is uh, uh, it. Cre- Sybil contributed to two things that happened. One, the development of the Commission for Multicultural Ministries in the new church when it formed in 1988. Okay. Um, some of the activity um, of Sybil contributed to the theological rationale for a commission on multicultural ministries. And, and then it got structured into the church, um, and, and Sybil, I think, can take credit for that. I think Sybil can also take credit for creating what we call a theological, the theological roundtable, which is which is space for um, people of color from all of the communities to sit at the table and discuss issues uh, theologically from their community's point of view. Prior to the forming of the Theological Roundtable, there was not space. Ah, okay. And there was not a venue for us to do that. Now, some people will ask why. Well, I have my theories. One is, of course, white racism. They they wouldn't think, European Lutherans, most of them wouldn't think that we have something to offer. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so they don't. They wouldn't normally think. Well, we need who's not at the table that, and whose voice do we need to have there? And so, part of the reason that Sybil formed, and part of the reason for the theological roundtable, is that we we have to be in charge of our own destiny. Yes. And we have to be in charge of the development of our thought. And and express it, get it out there, get it published, get it to the congregations, and so um, that that to me is the liberation principle. In right. other words, I'm not gonna, I'm not going. Let me state it positively. I want to be a vessel for what African American Lutherans think ah. more than I want to be a vessel of what Lutherans think. Because Lutherans have already got a mechanism by which they can project that all over the globe. Right, right. African-American Lutherans have a similar uh, vessels by which to, to tell the world what we think. And what we think is critical for the development of our community. So... Um, that that's important. Yeah, very much so. Um, as we as we uh, almost, I can't believe the time is running out. But I would like to know how do you envision the cultivation of a new generation of African American theologians? 
That's that's an excellent question, Nelson, and and um, it's one that will confront um, African American Lutherans for the next decade. Uh, the way that it's occurred, it's been one here, one there, right. one by one by accident. Right. Uh, um, uh, after me came Dr. Cheryl Stewart Perro, who's considered the mother of Sybil. Um, she went on and got her PhD in in uh, New Testament, I right. believe. It, it was it was New Testament, yes. Yeah, and, and then um, uh, so so the issue is, I think we we have to show people in the congregation that that there is a possibility for folks to go to graduate school and end up teaching at our, in our seminaries and in our colleges. Um, and so that, that means um, um, people in the congregation, including the pastors and, and lay workers and members have to be able to identify those young people who have, who have the skills and the capacities to do graduate work, it's it's strenuous, right? <laughs> but 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 um, and and nurture them along the way, uh, uh, and support them along the way, including financially. Yes, uh, because because um, it you know one can go and and do graduate work, yes, but you have to live. You got to pay bills. It's it's an expensive <laughs> adventure. <laughs> yes, it is. And so I think I think African American Lutherans and and congregations um, can can begin to think about how can I support uh, potential um, doctoral students and professors, and how can we raise them up and begin the process of mentoring and and putting those. Uh, young people in situations where they see and, and hear African American Lutheran theologians and African theologians. Exactly. Wow. Uh, well, you've given us a uh, a lot to work on <laughs> uh, for all of our congregations, and uh, and I, I want I can't believe the time is up, but I want to thank you for sharing uh, uh, the past of Sybil or the Conference of International Black Lutherans, and uh, as you envision uh, the continuing of of the organization through the cultivation of of new theologians and, and blooming theologians in our church. Uh, so I, again, thank you for being our guest today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And if I could take a point of personal privilege, um, I, I think we, we just lost another African-American Lutheran theologian and Dr. Uh, Richard N. Stewart. And, yes. And, and so, um, those of us who are still part of Sybil are retired, or some of us are still teaching part time. But, but I think um, um, the urgency is important in terms of the recruitment, mentoring, and support of of young scholars who want to who want to be professors in our seminaries and in our colleges. So I appreciate the opportunity and the question that you asked me. Well, thank you very much. Uh, mm -hmm. My guest today has been Dr. Richard Perry, who is pr 
Professor Emeritus of Church and Society and Urban Ministry Program at the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explorers, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.